The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we have someone whose only one goal in mind is teaching the truth so you can be free. Who were the real creators of man? And what was man created? What is the purpose of man's creation? What really happened in Eden? Understanding DNA. What is the difference between truth and doctrine? What is the real meaning of the apocalypse? What is the real reason for earth changes and what's causing them? As above, so below, present day. The real significance of Hawaii in prophecy. The sign of Jonah. What no one is talking about. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guest is Veritas veteran, Dr. Scott McQuaid, an internationally acclaimed author and lecturer known around the world for his research into ancient texts. He has been on dozens of radio shows and has taught thousands of individuals from all over the world, many of which have been personal students of his at his private learning network, The Inner Circle. His websites his websites are innercircle.us, thetribulation.us, and paxionpublishing.com. All linked on our website for your convenience. And directly from Mount Vernon, Ohio, I'd like to welcome Dr. Scott McQuaid back to Veritas. Hello, Scott, and welcome back. How are you? Well, Mel, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Always, always a pleasure. You always bring new stuff, and I'm looking forward to discussing a lot of the topics that I mentioned in the introduction. Let's begin with what's the most important topic Well, you know, uh, that's a good question. There are so many things going on in the world right now, it it can be a little overwhelming uh, for people who are paying attention. But I would say right now, um, Hawaii uh, is is really very, very important, and for for different reasons than people might even be hearing in the media. Um, But Hawaii is extremely important. The, The volcano and the earthquakes involved there, and, um, you know, we, we know that Hawaii is just erupting and lava is everywhere, and they have hundreds of earthquakes every day, and um, everyone's aware of that if they've, if they've watched the news at all. But this is also something that is um, a fulfillment of what the ancient texts say will happen. Uh, there was a sign back in, in 2017 uh, with the Virgo alignment, and um, people who are acquainted with the Bible and the ancient prophecies therein will be aware of this, and even people who aren't, because it was a very big deal. Uh, Revelation 12 says that the um, the woman was clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and had a crown of 12 stars. And that actually happened when the constellation of Virgo um, was in that exact alignment. And um, 
Jupiter also was was in the womb at that time for a an actual human gestation period. So that was a fulfillment of what Revelation 12 said would happen just before, immediately before the sign of the red dragon would appear. And uh, we in our humanness like to uh, think of things in our time frame, right? We, when the, when the alignment was finished on, I think it was September 24th, everyone expected the red dragon to appear because, you know, we we live by the clock. But as the Bible tells us, a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as one thousand years to the Creator. So we have to be a little uh, patient uh, when it comes to looking for these things to be fulfilled. But one thing I've learned over the years from studying the ancient texts and from kind of um, not only speaking with many uh, Freemasons over the years, but kind of you know reading the ancient texts and getting a feel for how they operate, one of their mantras is, as above, so below. And that can mean different things to different people in different contexts. But one thing I know as a certainty is that... <clears throat> The powers that be understand celestial events. They know when they're coming. They know what to expect. And what they do for the purposes of uh, fooling the public is they will create a kind of a preemptive uh, manifestation of the celestial event here on Earth. And um, let me give you an example of what I mean here. I don't want to sound ambiguous or vague. Um, in, in Matthew, it tells us that um, Asu, who I refer to as Jesus, uh, as Asu said that when you, be, when you see the leaves being put forth on the fig tree, know that summer is nigh. And from our earthly perspective, especially coming from a, a context of Christianity, people have been led to believe that that was... Uh, the creation of Israel as a nation in 1948 when that came about. And um, so they think that that is the fulfillment of that. But there's much more that goes into the actual fulfillment of that prophecy um, in, in the sky, in the heavens. And what that celestial prophecy was actually saying was that a fig tree or a fruit tree was going to put forth what it called leaves, and that was the sign that what he called summer was nigh. So the powers that be know this is happening, and they know what it is, and they don't want us to know what it is, so they manufacture an earthly event to depict that that uh, Revelation 12 prophecy, so no one else is the wiser. It's kind of like, you know, in the Wizard of Oz, when they go into the, to the palace there, and he's operating the machine behind the curtain. Uh, and he says over the microphone, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And they eventually find out what's going on and who's operating things. And this is the way it goes. When Asu, or Jesus, gave that prophecy, he was referring to a celestial fig tree. And that fig tree is literally in the cuneiform, in the most ancient writing that we have, is called Nibiru. It's literally known as the, the fruit tree, or one's own fruit tree. And the leaves 
that it puts forth are called pula in the Greek, the P-U-L-A, which in the Greek just means leaves, but when I take that back to the cuneiform, having rightly divided it, as the Bible says that we must do in order to understand the, the true uh, stories, and the uh, truth behind the stories, it breaks down into logograms of pu and la, P-U and L-A, which literally refer to wheels in wheels, or in the Latin, sfera a sfera, or what we would call orbs, okay? These things that people have been seeing in the skies. And when he says the fruit tree uh, putting forth leaves is a sign that summer is nigh, the, the word summer is the word in the Greek terus, T-E-R-U-S. And it just means summer. However, when I take that word back to the cuneiform and I break it down and rightly divide it, which Second Timothy 2.15 says we must do, meaning to cut the words, into the logograms of the cuneiform as terus or terus, it literally means red, fiery bird, which the ancients referred to Nibiru as the red, fiery bird. And it also means uh, bearded vulture, which may mean absolutely, probably means absolutely nothing to your listeners or to theologians or, or pastors, but it is very, very important that we understand why summer means bearded vulture, because that is an actual definition in the Sumerian lexicon. It's, it's, a, it's a logogram that means that word, or that a phrase alone, bearded vulture. So why? Well, scientists have discovered that the bearded vulture is the only, which is an actual bird actually, is the only bird that dusts its wings in red iron oxide. That is important because Nibiru, very likely being a brown dwarf or red dwarf star, is known specifically for red iron oxide. So, in Revelation 12, when we, said, when we are told that the woman uh, would be clothed, clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, crowned with 12 stars, putting forth a man-child, and then the red dragon would be the next sign, this is exactly, precisely the same thing that Esau, Jesus, was talking about when he gave the parable of the fig tree putting forth leaves. It is, it, he meant that when you see the orbs in the sky, know that that is a sign that Nibiru, the red planet, also known as the red dragon of Revelation 12, is very close at hand, even at the door, he said. So, that's one example of how the powers that be who know the meaning, the ancient meaning of these celestial uh, portents or prophecies, creating a, a uh, earthly event to distract the public from looking elsewhere, thinking that it's already fulfilled, when the actual celestial fulfillment is the real uh, fulfillment that we need to understand. Um, and it's right here. It's very close. And Hawaii, is, it, it goes right along with that. Um, and here's why. 
because all of these end-time celestial events are said to be like a woman travailing to be delivered. Uh, Matthew says it that way. Revelation says it that way. It's noted elsewhere in the Bible as such. And so we have to really understand that that's what this is about. So what does Hawaii have to do with a woman travailing to be delivered? Well, it's the earthly sign that he was really talking about. And this is, I hope that when your your listeners uh, tune in, that they will take notes and listen to what I'm, I'm talking about, because uh, in all humility, I, I tell you that what I will talk about, as with the other shows we've done, and within my books and other things, they're not going to find elsewhere. This has taken me 25 years to cull these things out of the cuneiform logograms, uh, and tens of thousands of hours to do this. So I hope that they take it seriously and write these things down. But Hawaii is not just a state, okay? It is it is a location that Asu, Jesus, literally told us would be at the epicenter of end-time events. Now, again, you're not going to find this within a church or within a seminary or Bible school, but this is a fact. In the Arabic and the Hebrew, the word hawa or hava, however you want to pronounce it, the V's and the W's are interchangeable. Hawa means Eve, as in the first woman, Eve, Adam and Eve. It literally means Eve. And in the cuneiform, the letter I is a logogram that means both tears and cries of complaint, as a woman might do if she were giving birth to a child. So here, in the word Hawaii, it literally means Eve crying and uh, having tears and cries of complaint. Would the lava be considered the tears? Yes, definitely. Or you can look at them as blood also. Um, (laughs) Interestingly, the Father shows me things in in these like little flash visions that I get sometimes. And about six months ago, he told me, he said, the mother is about to bleed on her children. And I had no idea what he meant. It just came out of the blue. I just heard it out of the blue. <laughs> and so, and now, once Hawaii started doing this, and I think it was May, maybe that it started erupting, um, and I knew what Hawaii meant in the in the Arabic and the Hebrew, became clear to me what he was saying. And so here we have Hawaii doing all of this and as a depiction of Eve, the mother, giving birth. Well, what's more interesting about this is when a woman is in labor, there is a location just between her legs that in medical terms is referred to as the ring of fire because it's very uncomfortable and it's very hot. When she's, when she's pushing the baby out. Well, as many people might know, Hawaii sits in the very epicenter in the Pacific Ocean in the ring of fire, what is called the ring of fire, which is this uh, ring of vol- hundreds of volcanoes. There's, I think there's around four or 500 volcanoes, if not more there. So again, we have a, a literal perfect depiction of a woman travailing to be delivered in the ring of 
of fire. And what's even more interesting is when Asu gave another prophecy, when he said there would be earthquakes in what he said, what he called diverse places, that phrase for a couple thousand years has always just been taken within Christianity to mean, you know, here and there, willy-nilly, hither and yon, wherever they may happen on the earth, these earthquakes, meaning diverse. Well, the words diverse and places in the Greek mean to go from a higher place to a lower place and to pass through which is what a child would do when it goes from the uterus down through the birth canal and and pass through the birth canal. So the words used in that parable were very specific. And places, uh, which I believe is topos in the Greek, literally means, in the book of Acts, it literally is referred to as the place where two seas meet. And if you look at Hawaii, although it's officially in the northern Pacific, it's right there on the edge of the southern Pacific, where two seas meet. And furthermore, if you go to the west and you look along the left edge of the Ring of Fire there over in Asia, by the Philippines and other places, there are literally more than a dozen seas that all conjoin right there at that specific location in the Ring of Fire. So when Asu said there would be earthquakes in diverse places as a sign that he's right at the door, that this is about ready to all break loose around the world, he's literally referring to Hawaii. Let me interject here for a second because I want to dissect this even deeper. As As you're talking, I'm thinking that a lot of this can be taken literally when you look at the earthquakes. That could be considered contractions, that which is what happens before birth take place. When I'm looking also at Yellowstone, I'm getting a lot of information about Yellowstone that apparently the mainstream media is not publishing. 30-meter-long rock cracks open up near Yellowstone. Fisher opens up near Yellowstone. Uh, another emergency closure with tourists being evacuated that was not in the mainstream media. Do you think this has something to do with Nibiru, or as you said, it could be the powers that want to be that are creating or manufacturing the prophecy to distract from the real prophecy. Well, I'm certain that those things are related to Nibiru. Um, they do create or manufacture earthly events. Uh, however, today, or uh, I think it was yesterday... The, all of the planets went to one side of the right. sun. Now, I know that the powers that be can do things like, you know, uh, let off a bomb in the ocean and create a tsunami and different things and manipulate weather to a certain extent with harp and different technologies they have. But I don't know that they have the power to put all of the planets on one side of the sun. And to me, that is... I, I feel very strongly that that is, although it's happened before, not in like maybe 150 years, it's a rare event, but it's as if there's something very large that has a magnetic field that is pushing these planets to be... 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.